Uh, if we're talking principles, you pick up a economics basic text, they'll talk about production possibility boundaries. Um, for those that know economics before, uh, it'd be fairly straightforward. The way I can explain it is just diagrammatically, really. So if you look at that slide there on the screen, I've nicely used two examples of uh, horizontally, we're talking about private housing, so that's why it says PR0, PR1, and then public housing on the vertical axis, public housing on the ver vertical axis. And that curved line is what everyone would argue is the, uh, um, the maximum that can be produced of both of those items. We're, we're working in um, a very, very simple model. And economists like to use what they call models. It might be a, an equation, or it might be some sort of diagram like this. And this is just a two variables. Private houses, public houses. And along that curve, say at the top here, we can provide all of those public houses and pretty much zero private houses. Or, at this point in the curve, you can provide a whole heap of private houses, but no public houses. And then, all the way along that sort of curve, there's a, there's a ratio of public and private housing. And that's just sort of a way in which we can say, um, uh, along that curve is the maximum production that's possible of both private and public houses. Cool, so say at point A, we can produce more public houses, but that would be to the detriment of less private houses. Or at point B, we could produce more private houses, but that would be to the detriment of less public houses. We've got this point C, where we'd produce less than what would be optimal of both types of public and private houses. That's why it's sort of not sitting on that maximum production possibility boundary, the boundary being the maximum amount we can provide. And then D, it's, that's described as unattainable because there's just not enough resources to get that amount of uh, private houses and that amount of public houses at the same time. So it's so just interesting ways we can just sort of look at that duality of two, two items. And you know, economists like to sort of break things down and add variables to it, take variables out and, um, uh, and see what, what is possible in, in terms of options and choices with respect to resources that we have. So that's sort of a, a nice... Uh, intro to those um, these ideas. Um, this slide explains how you can have a bit more of everything. So in that sort of solid line is what we had in the previous slide. That line was sort of basically saying this is the maximum you can have as a combination of public and private. But in this sort of dotted line, we can have more of everything in this in that same proportion in that same ratio. So that's essentially what we're seeing there is an economy grow if it was just an economy built based on producing public houses and private houses, yeah? So this is sort of like the economy growing is what I'd see this slide as. Um, so that unattainable point D is now attainable because there's been an increase in resources um, available. You know, there might be some new mining phenomenon or sort of new discoveries, all those sorts of things. Um, or some technological advance, for instance, where you can get more for less. And it's a nice diagrammatic way of looking at some of these concepts we've introduced. Ideas of scarcity, yeah? There's only a boundary. There's only so much you can provide of things. Ideas of efficiency and inefficiency, where we can make the argument that at point C, things are inefficient, for instance. Ideas of opportunity cost that we brought in. You know, you, you can either build private or public houses or some 
there's some opportunity cost for building one of those. Might be the next best alternative for gone is for private housing is public housing. So hopefully these can nicely just demonstrate some of this jargon and, and language that, that, that we can build in. So there's, there's a lot more to it than uh, is first perceived.